0: Hi, my name is Tommaso, your student host for the My First Year Story podcast. Here, I'll be sitting down with people who have the answers to your college questions, and who can help give me advice as a University of Connecticut student by telling their own first year stories during our conversations. Today, we are welcoming UConn alum, Carlton Jones, and graduate student, Tamashi Hetiarchi. Carlton currently serves as the academic advisor for the NEAC School of Education. After receiving his bachelor's in sociology in 2008 as an undergrad, Carlton is also a member of the National Academic Advising Association, the NACADA, a group of professional academic advisors in higher education, and is president of UConn's African American Faculty and Staff Association, AFSA, a community group with the purpose of bringing better understanding among African faculty and staff. Our second guest, Tamashi, is currently a graduate student in the combined bachelor's master's program in New Last year, Tamashi received her bachelor's in chemistry education and is planning to graduate this spring with a master's in curriculum and instruction. Carlton and Tamashi, we are so glad to have you here uh, to talk to us about your experiences at UConn. Would you please introduce yourself to our listeners, your name, pronouns, hometown, and answer to the question, would you rather have arms as long as fingers or fingers as long as arms? Tamashi, why don't we start with you?
1: Okay, my name is Tamashi Hetiarchi. Hello, everyone. Um, My pronouns are she, her, hers. Uh, my hometown is Glassbury, Connecticut, and my answer would probably be arms as long as fingers. Arms as long as fingers?
0: Some short arms. Short arms. Short yeah. arms. I think <laughs> because
1: I don't think I could handle the long fingers.
0: You'd be like an excellent pianist though.
1: That is true. <laughs> that is true. But mm, <laughs> it gives me like the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then Carlton. Yes. Hello.
2: My name is Carlton Jones. Pronouns are he, him, his. And my hometown is Stanford, Connecticut. So shout out to two hundred three. Yes. 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 And for the question, I think I would want long,
0: long fingers. No,
2: long arms. Okay. And short
0: fingers, because like I like length. Make... That's already it, what you have, though. I'm just saying. Okay. So he chose <laughs> none of the options. <laughs> I like I like having long arms. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Um, I know this is not my thing. I would have long fingers. You know, tap someone across the room. You know, you're at a party.
1: Something about like you see a cue point. over there. You say it like long extensions off of the uh, mm, something. Where do you put it? Where do you put it? That's right. If, where you do you put, put it? Down, it? You put it away
0: where in do you your pockets, put it? in exactly. your arm size pockets. Exactly. Something is. Mm. We could do the whole episode on this, but <laughs> let's push forward. Um, let's start talking about your UConn experiences, Carlton. what did you choose to attend UConn, and has it changed at all since your undergrad?
2: That's a good question. So I came to UConn. So I'm from Connecticut, like like I said, from Stanford. And before, I did not want to come to UConn because people from Connecticut don't want to come here. Too close to home. Too close to home. Too close to home. So I was like, no, I'm not coming. So I was supposed to go on a campus tour at another school. Did not work out. So then I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go to UConn's tour. And came here, loved it. Like it was a beautiful August day. The sun was shining. It was great. It was wonderful. So I was like, "All right, I I can see myself here. Like this is this is a good place to be." Yeah, they, they had the academics, and you know the place looks looks nice. So I was so excited to come that I wrote my essay that night. Like they gave <laughs> like they gave us the the application because it was paper still. Right. So they gave. They gave the application, I wrote my essay like that day, I was that excited to come. And then the like the real reason I came to Yukon what well, it went down to like to money, because I got into other schools and UConn gave the most money with the less paybacks at the end versus other schools where I had to get they offered a lot of loans Right, it's not
0: money. It's no, not free money. It was
2: not free money. So <laughs> I was like I gotta pay this all back at some point. So so other than the academics and money, all that, that's
0: why I, the I think that ends up being part of the charm as UConn. As <laughs> Connecticut people, like, you're like, you you always, they lowball you. They, yes. Mm-hmm. And then you get here and you're like, oh, holy shit. Like, is this is nice. This is, this is nice. Like, all right. And then we all end up here. Right. And then what about you, Tamashi? Was this your first choice as a Glastonbury resident? Did it turn out to be the right decision? And as a first-gen student, what challenges did you find during the process?
1: Um, so for me, uh, UConn was my only choice because I, um, in high school, thought best idea would be to apply to only two schools. I only got into one, a.k.a. UConn. <laughs> so here we are. Um, in terms of if it was the right decision, absolutely. I came to UConn to go to Niag, Like that was the goal. So now having almost been done with Niag, of course, I think it's the absolute best choice that I made for myself and my goals kind of going forward. Um, as a first generation student, uh, definitely tough. Um, just like navigating, neither of my parents, uh, went to college. So figuring out the application, the common app, figuring out FAFSA for loans and things like, I was like, what did, What are they saying? What does it mean? Yeah. So, <laughs>
0: Especially on your own too.
1: Yeah. It was a lot. Um, but we made it, we made it. Um, but yeah.
0: I know here you are. So
2: yeah. obviously worth it.
1: Worth it. Yes. In the yes. long yeah. run.
2: And I realized I didn't answer the other part of the question about like, has it changed? Has for... it? Yes and no.
0: Yes and no. Some new buildings. Yeah,
2: new buildings. That's yeah, like the like the 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 look has changed. Like the buildings, like Oak Hall wasn't here when I was a student. Worth Tower was not here when I was a student. <laughs> what else? Uh, Store Center was not there when I was a student. So a lot of that's very different, and like how it looks was very different. But like the culture is kind of still the same. Yeah, how it feels is still the same. Some issues that I went through are still happening now. Unfortunately. So yeah, unfortunately, so. So yeah, yes and no. It, it has changed.
0: Do you have already. a certain memory from your time at undergrad um, that sticks out to you? Yes, I do. All right, lay it on. Uh, so, I so before I started
2: as a matriculating student at UConn, I did a summer bridge, pro- bridge program called uh, so Student Support Services. So, for students who are first generation, low income, and you do a six week summer program to kind of acclimate to college life, and they offer resources to you and all of that. So that summer changed my life in many ways. I didn't realize it did, both personally and professionally. So on the professional side, through SSS, I got involved with their office, like being a peer mentor, and they gave me my first job on campus. I worked in their office from sophomore year up until I graduated, and they connected me with a lot of great People on campus, like I said, great resources. And on the personal side, I made a lot of lifelong friends and I'm still friends with to this day. Amazing. Amazing. And I met my wife during that program. Oh my god. As well. So I tell people that my son would not exist if it was not for SSS.
0: That which is true. That is a good uh <laughs> that should be on, on the bus. I know. It, it
2: should be well, I don't know about the
0: bus, but maybe <laughs> no, for no, SSS. It's an yeah. ad for SSS. Oh, yeah,
2: for SSS, yeah, for them, yeah, they yeah. can.
0: Talk to me first, I mean, before we... Right, know. before they just
2: start releasing this. <laughs> Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but that's like the... I mean, obviously there are a lot of memories here, but that's like the one that like sticks out to me the I mean, most. Of course. Yeah.
0: And UConn is full of these um, uh, programs. And speaking of one TME, Tamashi, how did you hear about TME? And then did the program fuel your decision to attend UConn? Or did you end up hearing about it after you enrolled?
1: So for me, I had no idea TME existed before I came to UConn. I think I heard about it when they were looking for mentors for majors. And specifically for me, my major was chemistry education. So they were looking for chemistry education majors. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I wish I knew about this when I was a freshman, because when I was a freshman, I was like, what classes do I take? What do I do? I don't even know what the chem ed major like I knew, but I didn't really know. So it would have been nice to know that this existed, but right. I didn't. Um, so that's how I got involved with TME was just trying to be that person for other people. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's a really cool program that they have and the fact that they have people who are literally in the major as well. So it's not just like words on the website, but also, hey, you can reach out to someone who's going through it, see, hear what's good, what's bad, like everything about the major. Um, so that's my involvement with TME.
0: That's great. We had Micah from ACES a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And... The whole program is, like, so exploratory, and TME is so great because it just, like, comes from students. Mm-hmm, like, absolutely. I'm sure you love working with mm-hmm. the people who yeah. don't necessarily know what their path is yet, and you come sway them over here like, and yeah, say, come yeah, be yeah, a chem yeah, ed yeah, major. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even, like, from like, an
2: advising standpoint, I refer students to TME because a lot of students, like, they'll hear from me, like, do this, and this is why I should pick this major and that major, and sometimes they don't want to hear from a staff member, they right. want to hear from someone who's actually doing it. So it's a great resource because it actually connects people who are actually doing what they want to do and ask them some questions that they may not ask an advisor. Right. You know, so TME is a great resource. Use it, use it. It's great. <laughs> they got the One answers. Book.
0: Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And then for both of you, what's something you wish you could tell your freshman self that you know now? We always talk about hindsight is twenty twenty. We talk about this a lot on the podcast. So any, anything you'd give yourself, anything you'd change?
1: Um, I would say this is advice for freshman me, also maybe me currently is get get <laughs> girl get your time management down <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because um, definitely freshman year was a lot like it was just a lot just suddenly doing like a lot of school um kind of came out of that senior slump from high school True. and I was like doing a lot and I was like oh my goodness not making enough time for me. And I think as I've progressed through UConn, like now I prioritize things like going to the gym, hanging out with my friends a little more than I did as a freshman. So definitely freshman self, I would be like, Girl, get your school stuff, like, down and don't, like, per- procrastinate. Oh, my goodness. I'm the worst about it. No,
0: I'm I'm with you 100%. You know, I, I told you before I skip my astronomy class. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, no, no, do no, not no. do that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so um, definitely time management. Like, figure out what works best for me. Like, actually trying to do that freshman year instead of just, like, winging everything yeah, that's the advice I would give.
0: Right, and it's also about that balance because you come in and you don't realize that the workload from college is so much more than mm-hmm. a f- high school, especially senior year, when all yeah. the teachers are just like, we get it, you know, you're done. You see so your yeah. last lap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're like swamped and you don't have time for yourself. And then that's when that burnout starts mm-hmm. to hit. I don't yeah. know, I feel like we're all feeling that now in this second, third week of just November.
1: Yeah, yeah no, definitely.
2: Yeah.
0: Yes. What about you, Carlton? What would you tell your freshman self? I would tell my
2: freshman self to get some help when you need it. Got a big pride issue coming in. Still do sometimes, <laughs> not going to lie. Still working on it. So I, I think that I can like figure things out myself, and like I got it under control. But definitely that first semester... Taking like psych eleven hundred and Don't like talk to getting <laughs> getting my my first D ever, ever on an exam, ever, and like freaking out, like how could I? Like I got studied, all this stuff. Right. And but I didn't like ask for help when it was it was like given to me or Knew that I had resources available to me for free that I can go to or go to office hours because I was too like scared to go and ask the professor hey I need help can you like explain what decided brain means I have no idea
0: right <laughs> what? yeah the professor aren't just there to sit in yeah. their office for fun yeah, right they want you to come right
2: exactly so I would tell my, I would tell my freshman self to go get some help and just like use it. That's something to all of you now too. Like if you, if you're struggling in any way, or even if you got it, just like go office hours, go to resources on campus to like assist you
0: on whatever yeah. you need. SSS. SSS. There you go. You go Shout there. it out again. Yes, absolutely. So moving forward about your own personal journeys and your educational journeys, Carlton, tell us more about your educational journey from earning your bachelor's degree um, in your master's in camp uh, to your master's in counseling. Goodness. Um, did you always plan on attending graduate school? And do you ever imagine coming back to UConn for your profession?
2: Oh, all good questions. So I didn't think about going to grad school at all. I just wanted to just kind of get through college. And uh, like I said before, I was in SSS and and like, a peer mentor, but I was also involved in the FYE office. And my Fye instructor, like uh, for the program, was Leo Latchett. So I was his like TA. Yes. So he like really kind of helped me kind of shape who I was as a kind of future higher ed professional without realizing I was going to be a future <laughs> higher ed professional. So it was like people like him, and then I was also, also involved in um, Subog. And um, I was ultimately the president of SUBOG my, oh my senior goodness. year. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. So Legend right here. Yes, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I do what I
0: can. He's involved.
2: I, I was. I was very involved. I was, I, was, I was doing everything. So kind of all of that made me realize that I could actually do higher ed as a career because I didn't know it even existed right. until I was involved on campus. So went to my advisors and kind of got their insight and got their advice on kind of next steps on what to do. And a lot of them said that a lot of positions need a master's degree. So like, all right, I guess I'm going to grad school. All right. Let's,
0: let's, let's go. Those GREs. Yeah. You know?
2: <laughs> well, actually, well the, the programs I applied to did not require I think I... the GREs slash I looked for programs that did not require the GREs. <laughs> so so I kind of got away with that part a little bit without taking it. So. So that's how I kind of found it. And then one of my advisors did did tell me when I did ultimately choose a grad program to go outside of UConn because I knew the system for four years. Right. So to get like a different experience. So I went to CCSU for my master's in counseling and uh, the concentration was student development in higher ed. And when I got to Central, even researching it, I was like, why is the higher ed program in counseling? Like, I don't. I don't get it. Isn't this more so you just like plan events and like help students kinda of succeed and all that? Like why is it in counseling? Was well, not telling them internship in like starting in like student activities at CCSU where it's like, Oh, I get it now. Yeah. I get why it's in in counseling because like you're not just helping students like plan events and whatnot, like you're helping them with all kind of just life stuff.
0: Yeah, the other ninety percent. It
2: pretty much, pretty much, yeah, because they're telling you things that they wouldn't even some tell like their, their family. So like that that program gave me techniques on like what I can do and how to speak to people and kind of navigate things. So that really kind of helped shape my professional development as like a future higher ed professional. So I was really grateful for, for, for that program. And then after I got my master's, I moved to Massachusetts for five years and worked at different schools up there, and had a great experience, and then um, my wife and I were looking at coming back to Connecticut, because we're both from here, Right. and she was like, you know, the only way you would, we would go back is if she got a job at UConn, because I always, like, dreamt about coming back and working here. Homecoming. I, I, I hope it was, yeah, so I, it really was like, I'd, I'd want to come home and, like, work at the place that, like, really shaped me as a, as a person, really. For sure. So... I started looking at different positions, and then I found one in the School of Business in advising. So that's what uh, drew me back to UConn was that position in the School of Business, and I was there for four years before coming over to to NIAG. So that's my... That's my journey. That's the journey.
0: That's the journey. It's, it's
2: still ongoing, for right. sure. But it's yeah, that's the, that's it's good to
0: see that your involvement hasn't stopped yet. Correct. Um, you're involved yeah. in groups like NACADA mm-hmm. and AFSA. Mm-hmm. How have you gotten involved in these groups, and how did they play a role in your professional development?
2: So both found me. I'm not
0: going to lie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> both found
0: me. So with
2: with Nakata, I was involved in it when I worked at UMass Boston. And I had colleagues that were involved on committees. And it, it, it's an organization... Well, four professional advisors like across the country to share resources and get professional development, and there's region, regional conferences that they host like annually, depending on what part of the country you're from. So for Connecticut, we're in Region One, so MSU is two. So that's how I got connected with, with Nakata was just as like a person that that goes. Right. And then a couple of years later, when I was um, in school business here at, at UConn. One of the colleagues had reached out to me to. They needed a. Um, there, there, there was a position uh, like a, for um, looking for like a um, hospitality um, person for like the next regional conference, which was going to be in Connecticut. Right. So. They asked me to join, and, uh, and each position has, has, like, a co-chair. So my co-chair was Sarah Scheidel in FYE, so shout out to Sarah.
0: Yeah. And
2: so so uh, Sarah and I got to look for venues for the, for the next conference with, with, with Nakata and got to talk to different people. And um, we got to plan, like, our welcome event with Nakata at the, at the Mystic Aquarium. That yes, yeah, so that was been beautiful. Well, here is what happened, <laughs> So that so our conference was March twenty twenty. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> so so, no.
2: so our so we got there and everything and got canceled. Like as we were there, <sighs> the, I, the conference got canceled because this little thing called COVID had hit the country. Right. So we everything had to get get shut down. um So, but but yes, but also continuing within the Nakata con involvement. Um. I'm, I am the um the co-chair for the conference for the next two years uh, so that's gonna be exciting Sarah's also the co-chair here oh, too so so still, you'll be able to we're, redeem yeah, yourself yeah we're, we're still yeah we're still connecting so so yeah so that's how I got involved with Nakata then Afsa, same thing found me so when I came back to UConn, I, I didn't realize that there was a group on campus for like African-American faculty and staff to like connect and and commiserate so I had no idea until um well, one of my colleagues told me about it. So they had like monthly meetings to kind of just like get together um, for other like black faculty because there's not a lot of us on campus, as you probably know. So, so it's good to just have a place like that. Right. And they had elections coming up. This was 2019. And someone had to reach out to me and say, Hey, would you mind being president? I'm like, why why would you want me to be president <laughs> first i was like okay and then and then they told me a little bit about the role and everything i was like okay i think i can it's on my alley yeah i got i got this i got this so you know then long story short i became president um still still am for the next um it was it's, it's every two-year cycle so i looked again uh this past may so i'll be continuing as president 2023. until 2023 but i think after that we're that's your are done we're done, we're done. <laughs> that's fair um just it, it's great but you know i want to give some of this opportunity to yeah. like, shine and do things but definitely those organizations have definitely helped me as a professional to connect because especially with nakata and working and kind uh, of other colleagues in different colleges around the area and like knowing that other people are kind of going through the same thing and kind of get what you're doing too Cause I, you know, try to explain to my family what I do, and they're like, "What? Like you're you teach, but you advise people and what? Like I don't I don't get it. Yeah. So, but now there's people that like that like, are actually doing that, understand it, and then we should resource it with each other. We connect about different things. Say through an AFSA, so because with AFSA we connect with different. People who work in different departments at UConn that I didn't even know existed. Like <laughs> yeah, grants. UConn is huge. It's huge, huge, huge place. I'm like Grants in compliance and Compliance, no idea till there are some colleagues who worked there, and, and now and, and now we're connected. So both have given me a, just a, a lot of
0: great insight and and growth. Yeah, and great Google, networks. Though, great what it sounds like great networks for sure. Right. Yes. And Tamasha, I'd love to hear more about your educational journey. My
1: educational journey. You
0: mentioned like coming in not knowing much about the ChemEd major. What was the moment at UConn when you felt like a calling to pursue to become a teacher? Or was it before? And then were there any teachers that kind of, like, helped usher you along that journey?
1: Okay. Um, so, uh, for me, uh, yes, at UConn there was a moment that I felt like teaching was my calling, but not when I was in an undergrad. So, at my high school, they had a research program where, as a high schooler, you could do research, partner with a college. So, um As a junior in high school, I decided, oh, I really like chemistry. Let me try doing chemistry research. So I reached out to a professor, Dr. Angela Sposa, love him, um, in the chemistry department here at UConn. So I worked with him for a year and I was like, okay, like, I love chemistry. I'm going to do research. I'm going to love it. And I'm going to go into the chemistry field, like research, lab work. Mm -mm. So I did Mm-mm. not, I did not like the lab um, and, and nothing to do with Dr. Angel Sposa. He's amazing. Um, and I'm actually working with him now on some other ed related projects. Yeah. Um, but the lab work was just not for me. Yeah, I'm too much of a talker environment. and I'm just too much of a talker. <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> so I realized that through Yukon in a weird way, um, and I was really close with my freshman chem teacher, um, George Householder, who I would say is probably my biggest influence in terms of teaching. Um, and so I would always chat with him about things. And, like, we would always talk about education and always ask him things. And then I was like, why don't I just do this? Because I love chem. Right. Um, I know I like talking about chem and connecting with students about it. So I was like, this is for me. This is for me. So um, that would be kind of my starting point with teaching. And then outside of George Householder, um, teachers that have shaped me, I am a part of a group on campus, LID, which Carlton knows about. Lid. Um, Shout out to Lid. <laughs> LID is leadership and diversity, and it's a club, um, through NIAG that is, for teachers of color and just creating a community and a safe space for us so that group has ooh, love them Um, and it's just nice because there just aren't that many teachers of color in reality so having a space where we can talk about shared experiences grow from each other um it's been really nice to have so that would be like a major part of my teaching journey as well
0: shout out lid shout out to lid and then do you know um it's not a question in our script but do you know uh what age group you end up want to teach?ing Do you want to work in higher ed? Do you want to work in...
1: So I think that for me, um, so I student... Oh, so let me... Uh, to complete the story, I actually full circle got to student teach with George Householder. Amazing. Nice. Which is so cute. Um, and he was amazing. And it was great to have someone who was like one of my first mentors to continue to be my mentor. Yeah. Um, and with him, I student taught freshman uh, chem. I love freshmen. Uh, Just like such a unique age to be like coming out of middle school, like getting used to the high school. Um, still They're like super wide-eyed, but still kind of a little too cool for you, but not yet. Right, right. <laughs> um, so I really liked working with them and I love like that younger high school age group. I possibly could see myself maybe going into the middle school like level too, but a lot of people don't take chemistry in middle school. So True. I think... If I can, like younger high school, is my like soft spot. Awesome. I love them, but yeah.
0: And what was it like student teaching in a pandemic? Like, what unique challenges did you face, and how did Nia kind of guide you through that? My friend is a teaching major at Bucknell, and she um, she's in like Zoom class, so then it's mm-hmm. hard for she she works with elementary education. Oh it's my hard goodness. for her to connect with students. Mm-hmm. So, what was it like for you?
1: So, the one word I would use is bruh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, student teaching during pandemic. Wow. Um, So I obviously had no idea that was going to happen till like Uh, it happened. And I was like, oh, time to do this. So um, the way it worked for me was the students were hybrid. So half of them in person, half on Zoom. I was teaching from my apartment that first month on Zoom and then I was able to go in person, but they were still half and half. Mm -hmm. So definitely that first month I struggled a lot with developing relationships with my students just because... I mean, there's only so much you can get out of a screen. And, like, I had never met them in person.
0: Yeah.
1: And, like, they didn't even know how fun I was.
0: (laughs) Right. You get this much. Yeah. And then you're having to stop every two seconds. Yeah. So
1: um, I started, like, I would would make this Google form that was called Literally Just About You for my students. I'd send them with random questions, like, do you like artificial banana flavoring? What's your favorite, like, TikToker? (laughs) Things like that. Just to, like, build relationship with them. Um, And then come like March when I was able to go in person, like I was able to labs with them and like connect with them a little more, but still it was limited. Um, and I think that I will say I'm a, not an expert, but pretty good at the virtual teaching gig. Okay. Like I can do that. So if
0: another pandemic starts to roll oh, around, yeah. we're calling Tamashi. <laughs> I'm ready.
1: I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, I'm really grateful for George. The fact that like, I already had a relationship with him, made it that that much easier yeah. to, like, work and grow as a teacher. Um, and in terms of things that I learned through Niag, like, a lot of the curricular stuff, so science teaching, like, shifted its standards, so, like, the way it's taught is different. So learning about that at Niag definitely helped to implement that, and definitely at the school, not a lot of teachers were familiar with it, so it was a unique position I was in where I knew a lot about it and like was trying to work with the teachers to kind of develop their skills as long as well as my own. Yeah. So yeah. What was
0: that like being in a position as a young person, trying being sort of more of the expert on these new standards?
1: It was interesting because I was like, I know things but at the same time, I don't know that because the reality is like, I don't know much about teaching. True. Like I've only taught, student teaching was my first time. So it was a unique position to be in where like I could add to the conversation and I felt like I could. But at the same time, I also knew that I wasn't the expert by any means. Right. And, like, we were all kind of learning from each other, especially in addition to, like, the pandemic and figuring out how the to super teach. super nuanced. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. exciting.
0: And so you prefer high school students, right? Yep. Carlton, what was it like um, picking higher ed? How did you land here? And how has that major in um, sociology helped develop that skill? Yeah. So a little bit of um, how I land, like I said before, just getting really involved on
2: campus, like, really kind of helped me... Like find the field right. of, of higher ed because no one goes to college like I want to major in higher ed unless your parents are in it. Like to begin with, and you know it. Right. So so I, I kind of found me or found it when I was here and didn't realize it until I started doing things in the higher ed, like like you know being an FYE mentor and you know doing subog and and whatnot. So I think those things kind of really helped shape me and. Having the major I had, because I want to also know about, like, people's different cultures and different societies. So sociology did really help with that. So I can, like, understand people a yeah. lot more. And then doing the counseling program for the masters, I really understood people, like, a, a lot more kind of based on kind of, like, the education I got there. And
0: then plus what I received prior, like, really kind of helped shape kind of how I right. became, you know. And both yeah. of those really seem to go hand in hand because a yeah. lot of time college is the first time people are experiencing mm-hmm. a different mix of cultures. Because exactly. I know for me personally, coming from my town, predominantly white, mm-hmm. to Yukon, which still is predominantly white. <laughs> let's not, let's not, let's not uh, beat around the bush. It is, yes. But um, to have a more of a mix mm-hmm. and just to open up. Open up your world. Mm, right. I think it's a cool thing, and you, you're there right along advising. Yeah, exactly.
2: Because even for me, like when I came to to UConn, because from from Stanford, and Stanford's a very diverse diverse town. Yeah. So I had people from like all walks of life in my classes, and then coming to UConn and being like the only black student in you're a like, class what sometimes, the hell and like, is this? yeah, what did I what 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 did I do? <laughs> what did I do? And like you know, thought because oh, I went to school with different type of people. Like all right, like I could you know acclimate and be used to it but then like i would say if i didn't have like a community like sss or like other friends i connected with i don't i i don't know how i would have even like transitioned right well so i mean you can definitely has come a long way like oh, in sure. its diversity but still obviously it has some more work to do right but like for me like that was a culture shock just seeing like like even like i had conversations with like white friends who said like oh i never had like a person of color in my class. I'm like, how? Like, what the hell? I'm like, how, how? <laughs> but then I understood like their background, their towns were like 98% white. I'm like, okay, that, yeah. that makes
0: sense. You're like Greenwich? Oh, yeah. Oh, I okay. know, oh
2: yes, I know Greenwich. I know Greenwich. <laughs> I know Greenwich. <laughs> yes,
0: no, not the Um, But that's cool and it's like also a benefit about going to a school that's so large, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, universities that have a smaller student population may not have those homes for um, right. students of color. Exactly, exactly.
2: So it's really good, especially like the cultural centers are helpful for like, you know, students of color or even like the Rabel Center for like, yeah. T students. Uh, so it's definitely like UConn, you, kind of, you know, does very well with, you know, trying to make people feel as welcome as they, as, as they can be.
0: Right. And both of you guys are super involved in NIAG, obviously. Yeah. Um, yes. What advice do you have a, um, to give to a student applying to NIAG?
1: Applying to NIAC. Um I would say that just before you get into act just like involve yourself in education in kind of all aspects where you can. So whether that be like shadowing teachers, mm-hmm. whether that be like being a camp counselor, being like a coach, like a lot of people go to do- those, but like doing as much of that, even tutoring, things like that, I think one helps you just like in the application process and also helps you kind of figure out like for yourself what you're interested in because right. like I worked with like elementary school students prior to coming to UConn um, as well as high school and like kind of got to got a sense as to, okay, what do, what group of students do I like kind of vibe with more Um so I definitely would say just immersing yourself in multiple avenues and parts of education would be the best advice I would give. it's
0: so vast. Yeah. Education is a big umbrella top. Yeah,
1: that's another thing I would add is like people think education is just teaching students in the classroom and there's like policy, there's mm-hmm. after school, there's involvement. Mm-hmm. There's so much about education that is not like front and center. Instruction. Yeah. So instruction is what like people go like right off the bat to, but there's so much more. And mm-hmm. like exploring those when you can, I would definitely recommend. Cool.
2: Exactly. And then definitely agree with everything Tamachi said. And then also, too, like, if you are looking at teaching and you're like, I have no idea where to even start for experience and whatnot, like Tamachi said about shadowing is great. Also at UConn and community outreach, they have opportunities for students to do tutoring at the different um, uh, schools in the area or uh, things like that. Like tutoring and um, helping kids with like their homework and all that just to connect people. And so definitely kind of that, and like we have like UConn uh, Future Educators for students who are looking at education. Lid, like you mentioned before, is a good place right. to, to start too. Um, so also to talking to myself, my colleague Dominique Bal Lawson, uh, uh, who also, is a queen. Yes, Dominique <laughs> is is amazing, and she's awesome to work with. Uh, so if if you have questions, you can reach out to us about different things. Um, also to sport management's in. Niag as well. A lot of people really yes know, a lot see, of people thought surprise know that. surprise. <laughs> so cause like when, when I was in business, people thought that it was a business. Yeah, and they was kind of to do for management. Like actually, it's a Niag. So um, yeah, so so even for that for sport management, if you're looking at that, that program too, you can talk to us about ways to get connected with like different activities related to sport. There's Husky sport as well, which we partner with like a a school in Hartford, the top of nutrition and. Eating well and being active and yeah. all that. So, that's a good partnership between um, IBM and sport management. So, those are just some different things that students can connect. With.
1: Also, another thing is there's a Carlton, you know the name of the class, but there are classes you can take that are yes. education oriented yes, there freshman are. and sophomore year if you. Yep.
2: It's so there's EDCI 2100, Power Privilege, and. I forgot the last Pol- word. Public? Pol- public?
1: Yeah. It starts with a P. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. It's power, privilege, and something. <laughs> so yeah. look it up. Um, great class to take and also satisfy some gen eds too. Like think kind of two and four as great. well. We love that. So hey, so if you're looking at education or you're like, I need to get some gen eds done, you can take that class. Right. It can really help you kind of, kind of, get an intro into education, Um, there's a class EPSI 1100, Intro to Special Education, especially if you're looking at special ed or just want to know more about it. That's a good class to take. Also, Dominique and I do teach a one credit class called Education for Social Change. And we talk about like the academic achievement gap in schools and culture responsive teaching and whatnot. So a lot of most students in that class are are pre-teaching. So there's some different ways to kind of get connected to in the edge uh,
0: and ultimately tme right yes
2: tme yeah. yes great resource as well so you can, you can take the little survey that they have yeah. to kind of knock out It's called the major elimination i think it's called yeah too. yeah so uh definitely team is a great resource and micah's awesome start yeah. to micah as well so uh but yeah so a lot of different things you can do
0: cool. Connected. awesome so listeners you you should be <laughs> very well prepared if you are interested in education you're listening to this there's no way you're not getting to <laughs> yes. me. Um, so moving towards some more personal questions, Carlton. What do you think the most? What is one of your most like rewarding memories or experiences as an advisor? Hmm. That's a good question. I know. I'm asking you to pull, pull some memories. out <laughs> I know. Out of you.
2: I know. Um, so a lot of the job is it's. I mean, it, yes, it's academically focused for sure. Like we want we want to make sure that you're. You know, taking the classes you need to graduate. Cause ultimately, like we love you all, but y'all gotta go right. at some point. <laughs> y'all gotta go and get and get your degree. That's the goal to get to, to, to get the degree. Um, so that's like a good amount of the job, but the I would say a, the most rewarding part of the job is like having students like coming back and like sharing like how I help them like on their journey. And like with the past year and a half that we've all had, it's been rough and it still is rough. Oh, yeah. So we've had a lot of students like coming in, just kind of sharing a lot of really personal things that do affect everything. Academics, their how they sleep, how they eat, all that stuff. So and kinda of helping them navigate and then coming back saying, Thank you so much for like helping me. Like you have no idea how much that like that like that just having that conversation, yeah, just like really helped me because a lot of it is just just talking about like how are you, like how are you doing right now, and then right. just some some just kind of go right into it. It's like I'm not well. Here's why. No. Okay, <laughs> so, down. Yeah. So so um, so they just kind of go right into it, and and, and 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 some don't, and that's also fine too. But as long as you're getting resources to help you, right, that's fine. So I think for me, like those are the most like rewarding aspects. Is me knowing that I actually helped someone. Like, kind of figure out whether they're whether they want to come into teaching or a business, whether they want to do business or just like getting their lives together. Really, yeah. just to kind of help them, just to kind of flesh things out a little bit more. Like those are like really the most rewarding things. I haven't. I I I, I don't hate coming to work, so oh, that's good. Which is good. Once I do, then I got to change some things. Yeah. So right now, it's it,
0: it's it's good. Good. Yeah. And then Tamashi, we already talked about working with younger. High school students, what do you, are some of your career goals for the future with you, pursuing your master's in curriculum and instruction? Where do you see yourself post-grad? This is a question uh, a lot of people hate.
1: I, <laughs> uh, right now, post-grad is very up in the air. Um, so definitely post-grad, I want to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. I have thought about teaching internationally for a little bit at an international school, that, which would be really cool. Or even like I've talked to Carlton about the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. So where I definitely want to be a teacher next year where that is going to be. Who knows? Who knows. Um, and in terms of other things, like I have um, through some of my professors, like I've thought about maybe going back to school and getting my PhD in education, like down the line. Down the yeah, street. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take a break from school. Of she
2: will come back. Just <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I'm gonna take a break, but like I could, I could see it. It's not the craziest thing. Um, so I think that's where things are going. Very open right now, which I'm okay with. Like. Yeah. I'm gonna like enjoy the fact that it's open for yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah,
0: especially with the pandemic, there's no no rush to go anywhere.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Who knows? We might be going back inside, you know. <laughs> Hate to say it, knock yeah, on wood. Yeah, yeah. But that's awesome. And then for both of you, this is less of a knee question, but should students I know one thing that I've definitely thought about a lot this past um, year and just like going into college and me and my friends in high school would always just be like, Why is our seventeen year old selves making these decisions for mm-hmm. the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. What do you think, should students be worried about branching out after college to different careers, making new paths? How do students navigate that? Like, what what is the consensus? Hmm, that's a whole podcast in of itself right? right there.
2: So, I think, so having like a major and, and, and choosing something, like, it's like a factor, but not like that. End of your story, right? It's
0: not the driving. Yeah, it's
2: it's not the driving force because again, I've had many conversations with 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 people who are like really unsure, even if they want to teach, and they're like, "Just pressing out," like I gotta make this choice, and other people have made choices, and I haven't, and what do I do? And I tell them like, trust me, like there are people who have not made a choice at all about the major, or people who are even in their major aren't sure about if they want to stay in that major. So, like, it's definitely, like, a factor, like, choosing something, you know, and I get that pressure, too, like, you're 18 years old, and I got to choose something for, like, the next 40, 50 years, like...
0: No, that's a lie, right? you don't actually. Have to. <laughs> yeah,
2: it, yeah, like, you don't have to, because, like, like yes, like, having something helps, because, like, even what you do post-grad, your major does help with that. Right. So, like, if you're an English major, and all of a sudden you want to go into business, your English has helped you, like write and know how to use proper grammar and you know things like that and then like if you're a history that teach you how to how like look for facts and look at sources and yeah all that so it, it does help you in your in your path whatever you decide to do. So I would say to everybody listening like if you're stressing about a major like stress less about it please. Like it's it's like I said it's 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 a factor but not like the end all, be
0: all. It's super unfortunate that we put that pressure on ourselves yeah. because that energy mm. spent worrying about that is just mm. energy wasted. Yes, right? agreed. And the sooner, yeah. like, I think people realize that, the more, um, like, that weight is lifted mm. off their chest and then they can really enjoy what's got going on. Because mm. it's four years, right? Mm. It's yeah. such, such a short period of time where right. whether you're doing a master's program or something, right. mm-hmm. just... Take it take it one step at a time. And right. planning is good. It's easy to have a five-year plan mm-hmm. or whatever. And there's those people who come in. Um, we spoke with a student a couple of weeks ago, and she's like, pre-med. I know I'm going pre-med. I know where I'm going. And that's fine, too. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But yeah. Absolutely.
1: I would definitely echo everything Carlton said. I think one of the best pieces of advice that I've gotten from two professors now who have said literally the same thing is just like, Follow what you're passionate about and everything else will kind of fall into line. So if like you're if you want X job and that requires doing X major, cool. Mm-hmm. But if you just want to explore what you want to do in college and it works itself out, it will work itself out. Right. Um. So definitely like doing what you want and then that letting that drive you, I think one will just prevent burnout because you're not you're doing things you want to do. Yeah. So um, I think that really helps and something that's helped me too. Like sometimes they're just classes I'm going to be real that I'm like, I don't want to do this. But I'm doing it because there are bigger goals like in the future. So that kind of keeps me going. Um, So, yeah, that's what I would say. It's like –
0: no, go
2: for it. I was going to say like – with the I don't want to take certain classes conversation because I've had that for many years with students. They're so like, why do I need to take this gen ed? Yeah. What's a lab science going to do to I'm help me? I'm feeling that too. With... I'm thinking
0: stat, 1100. and right. so, i like,
2: like, what is this? I've heard like UConn kind of just wants my money. I, that that's why they were <laughs> taking all these classes. <laughs> like I'm like I'm like, well, like they do. Like we do want you to be like a well-rounded person, right. so you gotta like know these different things, like like in different disciplines. And like I said, like for stats, you. Probably got to learn how to do probability at some point. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> at no. At some no. point, you know, so it, it's, like, it's all useful things, like, to do. Right. So, and, but trust me, I, I I, get why people have those have those thoughts in their head but it, it's, it's Just, all for something. it
0: makes you a, it makes you a better human it does at the end of the day it does and also <laughs> unfortunately it, it
2: does it makes you all well around even like taking classes that you probably would never have taken before like in like wigs like take like a class exactly like exploring a different like a, a different area that right. you've never different lenses exactly exposure. Your it's exposure. right it's exposure
0: exactly so totally and <laughs> i think good. as we're when we're younger we're told, well, we, everyone gets the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yep. So there's that like one path. But then I think as I've matured and realized, you realize there's not, there's there's not, not. one path. There's no
1: path. There's, there's, there's no, no path. path.
0: <laughs> the path actually doesn't exist. Yes. You're just building that step yep. one, one year at a time. Right. Um, and that's like the most... I think the enlightening thing that I've realized in college mm-hmm. right. is that no one is telling me what to do. I was talking with a friend the other day and she was telling me, her boyfriend was like, I'm sorry, nobody's told me the plan for today. She's like, no one's going to tell you the plan. No. There's no, there is no, no plan. plan. <laughs> um, that's for you to come up with. Right. And I think exactly. The quicker that, you realize that, the quicker then it's like, okay, yeah. then you attack it and you start mm-hmm. making it. Exactly. Plan. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Moving to our closing questions. We asked this to every guest. What do you think uh, co- the purpose of college is? Big picture.
1: I would say that I think people come into college thinking the purpose of college is to get your degree Mm. and facts you're getting your degree but I think that there is so much self-growth self-reflection that happens whether you intend to do it or not just based on like who you talk to your classes you're in that happens and I think that That's one of the most important parts of college, like for a lot of people, not everyone, but for a lot of people, it's your first time kind of away from home. You're sometimes in a new place and you're just kind of figuring out yourself and how you live and just things like even living in a dorm or later, like living in an apartment, roommates, all these things. Yeah, living with another
0: human right next to you.
1: So like I think that I don't think it's the explicit purpose of college, but something that comes out of college is just like better sense of self. Which I think is uh, really cool.
2: It's that exposure. It yeah. is. It's is exposure, yeah. and definitely echo what Tamashi said. And just with the purpose of college, it's like a lot of students just you know just to get a job, and and that's and that's it. No, <laughs> it's not the. It's, it is. It's, it's part of it's part of the journey. You know, is finding finding kind of what you're passionate about, and even if you even had a path. That you were thinking about and then you get exposed to something else. Take a
0: sledgehammer to that. (laughs) Pretty
2: much. Pretty much. Because I've had conversations with with, with people who were like, I I came in for this and I took this class and I changed my whole life and I want to major in this. So it really just makes you more open to different things. And like I said, just, just having that exposure to different cultures, different ideas, you know. Different events too, yeah. like coming because maybe you never never went to a concert before, and you could go to one for like five ten bucks here, right outside your door. Exactly. Basketball so, game with exactly. of the best teams in the country. Exactly. So it is, Come you know. On. Yeah. So all about that exposure. So
0: and then yeah. we're um our podcast is my first year story. So this is our signature question. We're all first at something, whether it's you're the first person to go to college or anything else. What do you think you guys have been the first at, and how has that shaped your story? I know these are the real heavy hitters at the end I thought you were done
1: I don't know I don't know if this is like a flip on the question but I would say that for a lot of my students I think I'm the first teacher of color they have like I've definitely like with the districts that I've been in like through the NEAG placements a lot of them are predominantly white and a lot of just staff and teaching are white so I think for a lot of my students I am the first teacher of color and that has been really interesting because I definitely see like my students of color kind of flock towards me.
0: Um, that is so great. <laughs>
1: and it's, it's like, I don't know if double-edged sword is, I'm not really good with these like sayings, but I don't know if that's the right way, but right thing. But like, it's really cool to be that person for that students. But it's also so sad to think that I'm, that you're the, first I'm person. the person. Yeah. Um. So I think that I like really hope in the schools that I'm in, I'm able to like, foster senses of community with my students of color especially if they are in PWIs um and so i think that being the first teacher of color for my students has been like a really interesting experience and something i never really thought of until i was that person and i was like oh my goodness like I'm the one who, like, looks like you. I'm the one who, like, has had the same struggles yeah. that you're going through right now. And so it's cool to be in that position, but also, like, kind of like a whoa moment. It's, like, annoying. Yeah.
0: And you talk about that with TME. Like, um, we had an episode last season with Dr. Jamila Morgan, and having to – it is a double-edged sword. Having to be that – be the change, be that person that you wish you had is, like, crap. Like, what? Why do we still have to do this? Yeah. But it's also, like – then you're to that person, to the for person them.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Being, being the first has like it's it's has its pros and cons because you're the first, and it's like oh if you mess up, I like, oh, go <laughs> there we go Mistakes. like everyone like yeah, yeah it's all you. So I think I was thinking about it. I think when I was president of SUBOG, I think because my advisor told me this too. I think I was the first black president of SUBOG. I think, and he was advisor there for like thirty seven years. Oh my goodness. So, I, yeah, I think I think I was at All that right. time. Okay, claim. I think I claim I, I, it. Um, I'm a claimant, so I'm, I'm gonna say I was. I think there might have been a few since I've graduated. Hopefully, um, <laughs> hopefully. So, so I think in that in that, in that respect, yes. But even when I was president of Black, too, like I did kind of feel that that pressure, like where people expecting me because I'm black to like bring in more things of diverse content and whatnot because right. of that so i definitely really felt that pressure but um but the staff was really supportive and my board was really supportive too and made sure that i was
0: comfortable and everything so that was that was really helpful right and then you um, you roll your eyes and when people say like why does representation matter right. you're like mm, that's why right <laughs> because exactly. the, i'm the first person to color that right. my students saw as in a teaching role right yeah. exactly Moving to our closing questions, you've given a lot of advice so far on this podcast. All great advice, I think. Um, my personal opinion. I don't know. Oh, thank um, you. Thank but do you have any more advice for our first year students? I mean, I'm a sophomore. I've already gone through this first year, especially in the COVID oh times. But uh, what now? I
2: got something. Okay. So I would say not just to the first years, but to like everybody, talk to each other. Please talk to each other because every everybody is going through it right now. Oh, for like sure. just just I've heard just some very sad stories. Just people just feeling depressed and anxious and coming back and not sure and all this stuff. But I've heard that story so much. I'm like, if people just talk to each other and just like see that I'm not the only one like going through this. Yeah. Like, I think obviously it won't make it go away by any means. But just having someone that, that understands what you're what you're going through would be like really helpful. So I think just like talking to people, talking to someone would just kind of help like decrease your stress level. It's like even mm. like a little bit um, just to like get you to a place where like you don't feel so isolated. Yeah. That like you're like I'm the only one experiencing homesickness
0: right now. I'm like no, what? no, no. Yeah, no. And especially with social media and stuff. Yeah. So and mm-hmm. if that that should be the slogan for college, like. You're not the only one, right? Exactly. You're not the only one feeling homesick. You're mm-hmm. not the one feeling insecure, or exactly. anxious, exactly. That's a good piece of advice. Yeah, yeah cause, talk cause, to each other. Yeah,
2: talk to each other because, like you like I said, like you said, Tamás, like everyone on social media is like they post all the good stuff,
0: right? So all the
2: good it's stuff. It's just that, the highlight reel. It, it is. It is. Like they don't post like behind the scenes stuff, what happened behind the camera, or like afterwards, or how you it, they, don't, they don't see that. So right. just like have a conversation with each other. And just just recognize that you're not you're not dealing with this by yourself in this, like, bubble. Yeah. So that would be my advice. Like, talk to each other.
1: Yeah, I definitely would, like, agree with you in terms of, like, even me, like, I'm a master's student, so I did the four years. But, like, coming back from COVID, it was, like, being slammed. Mm-hmm. I was, like, oh, right. time to, it's go time. Suddenly, mm-hmm. like, out of nowhere. So I definitely think that, like, for me, my friends have been amazing in, like, somewhere I can be, like – Oh, so like I'm not doing too hot and they're like same. And like it doesn't make it go away.
0: <laughs> you're like work. High five. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which like it doesn't make it better or go away. But like, hey, some like you're not I'm not like crazy for right. feeling like this. Um yeah, and I think like kind of going off of that, to meet new people, I for first year and everyone. Like, doing things at UConn, because there is so much at UConn that you don't realize. And yeah. it's so easy to get, like, be like, okay, I'm going to do one, this one club and this, like, one group, whatever. And then you stick with that three or four years, which is great. But there is so much more. Like, this year, I started, like, rock climbing in the rec center. Yes,
0: the And I'm center. like,
1: why didn't I do this earlier? And I knew it was because I, like, kind of always wanted to, but just would make excuses, be like, oh, I, I should just do, like, do work, or mm-hmm. I should just sleep, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh, why didn't I make time? Cause right. it's like free. Everybody It's free. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: oh my God. That is the best part about college is literally everything is free except for the tuition. <laughs> right. But yeah. Like
1: take adva- you're paying so much right. to be here. Take advantage of the things that you were paying so much for. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So definitely like go do that thing. Go like, like, groups post random events on the socials just go yeah who knows what'll happen each
0: of these each of those things have their own communities Mm -hmm. that those people are so excited to meet you oh yeah yeah Yeah. and honestly if you're listening you're probably a catch uh so let them meet you you know what i mean (laughs) like Like, share your gifts and do things that bring you joy Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely communicate yes communicate yes So I've got one more question, but it's not my question, it's your question. You guys get to flip the conversation, ask me a question. Shoot, who wants to start?
1: It can be anything.
0: Anything, ask me anything. Doesn't have to be related to NIAG. Okay. I guess I have a question.
2: So do you feel that like you are getting the experience you expected at UConn? Yeah,
0: especially this year. Like going to school last year like sucked. Um, I mean, don't were so me you all online? No, I was here. I was oh, here. Okay. Oh, you were here. Oh, yeah, wow. I was here in the dorm alone. Um, oh, my fall classes were online, but my spring classes were in person. And I'm so glad I came. Like, I'm not bragging about it because I know I the, knew this girl who was driving up from Florida, turned was told she could not come and had to turn around.
1: I think I heard that story you too. I yeah. think I heard that story. So,
0: so it's like. It was a it's a blessing and a curse because I got to meet so I got to meet a ton of people and mm-hmm. got to get involved right away mm-hmm. and that is that's my piece of advice that I give get involved mm-hmm. like you said go to go to things mm-hmm. um but now this year just like like in the spring I got it a little like seeing everybody out on the great lawn by the union just like right. playing spike ball but like for this year and like this fall especially like to go to soccer games and like in-person events and sitting in a classroom again it's like I don't realize how much I missed it Mm. so I definitely think I'm getting the experience I want and I think I'm getting experience plus more especially hosting this podcast because I get to talk to people from all over UConn that's true I got Mm -hmm. to talk to the ACES people engineering students you guys Mm. uh, Tomcat when he was president like just like so blessed because what other student gets to that's true. Mix and mingle with all these yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And you're doing well, Tomaso. So Thank this, you. This, this is good. Yeah, so I say the answer is yes. Short answer, right. yes. Perfect. All right.
1: Um, sticking with the UConn theme, I would say favorite place on campus and least favorite place on campus.
0: Okay. That's such a good question. I would say my favorite place on campus um, has to be um, Horse Barn Hill. Just mm-hmm. because uh, last year, so many because we couldn't, like, go hang out with each other inside Mm -hmm. um, because of capacity and all that stuff. We would just go, we'd grab our food and go watch the sunsets on Horseborn Hill. And that place is just, like, so beautiful and peaceful. Mm -hmm. So I'd say that's my favorite place. Least favorite place? Uh, I don't know. Um, Maybe, like, (laughs) Gantt South. Uh, (laughs) Gantt. I don't know. It's just, like... Dart. Um I had like an interview last year um for like uh, what is the place called? It's like Squared Studios. It's a student run organization. Mm-hmm. And I just like could not find this place. It's such a maze. It's like Yeah
1: is a maze. This is
0: lasers in here. And like there's telescopes in here. It's like don't walk here, there's wet paint. Um and my astronomy <laughs> class in there. Thanks. And it's just like um right now they're doing construction outside, so I have to like walk Park my bike and then walk around and go up through the plaza. Oh, wow. So I'd say, um it's also a hike from my dorm. So that's my favorite place. <laughs> that was a pretty long answer. But that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to talk to both you, Carlton and Tamashi. And as always, roll skis. Yes. Awesome. My First Year Story podcast is a production of the University of Connecticut's undergraduate student body in collaboration with the Office of First Year Programs, Learning Communities, the Academic Achievement Center, and the Learning Community Innovation Zone. Our co-producers are Casey Jaycox and Hannah Peterson. Our staff advisors are Cody Ryan and Helena DeBald. For more information on our podcast, to meet our entire staff, and to listen to more episodes, visit fyp.uconn.edu/mfys. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at UConn FYP.